Welcome in, everybody, to this special NHL crossover episode. A very big game uh, this week here uh, in Dallas on Tuesday night. The Stars welcoming in uh, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NHL, the Boston Bruins. And I'm joined now by Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Bruins. And we're here to talk about this game and get you caught up on everything you need to know about these two teams. Because these two teams don't see each other very often, but that this is about as big as a regular season game can get. And mm-hmm. Ian, we, we, we can just jump right into it. And I, I have to ask this about the Bruins. And, and I, I feel like this is maybe a question a lot of people will send your way this season. Because I, I, the expectations for them were kind of all over the place. Some people thought mm-hmm. you know they'd be top three in the division. Some people thought they might miss out on the playoffs. But it's fair to say that they've gone above and beyond, I think, any expectations for them this season. Did you expect this at all? I mean, they've won the President's Trophy in the past with uh, 2020, 2014, but I mean, they're on pace to shatter those point totals from that year and really any other previous President's Trophy winner that we've seen in the past few seasons. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I expected them to be this good. I don't think anybody uh, realistically would have thought that they'd be anywhere near an 800 team at at this point uh, in the season in terms of point percentage. There's the... a touch under that at the moment after losing four of their last five. Uh, I kind of, yeah, thought probably similar to last year, you know, they're maybe challenging for the top three in the Atlantic with uh, Florida, maybe taking a step back, Tampa, Toronto, always going to be really strong. Um, so I expected them, yeah, to be competitive, to maybe struggle early on with uh, Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand on the shelf to begin the season with respective uh, recoveries from injury going on or, or off-season surgery, I should say. Um, but I thought they'd be – I didn't have any notion that they'd be outside of the playoff picture, especially with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci back in the mix. Um, but, again, to say that they would be this good – Nobody really, uh, if, if anybody had say, put some, uh, action on FanDuel <laughs> in terms of the Bruins being this good at this point, then, uh, you're laughing, but yeah, I don't think anybody really saw this coming. Yeah. It, it's remarkable what they're doing this season. And a big part of it is obviously the goal scoring, but something mm-hmm. that, that intrigues me about this team and just this matchup in Tuesday night's game is the goaltending, and it's excellent for both teams, but especially in Boston. Linus Olmark kind of leading the way with that duo. Uh, a Goals against average below two and a save percentage at 937. What's it been like watching him this season? Uh, and, I mean, he's maybe the best starter in the NHL or at least, you know, in the top three, I think many would say. And then Jeremy Swayman is one of the better backups and could probably be a starter on maybe half the teams in this league. So what's it been like watching that duo perform this season? I mean, it's been, uh, it's been amazing watching them compete individually and also seeing the bond that they have together as well. Everybody uh, knows after they win, they come together and have this uh, pretty great goalie hug that goes on there. Uh, so they have a, a very solid relationship. They push each other. Uh, but in terms of Linus Allmark specifically, again, I thought that he, uh, looking at his track record in Buffalo, he put up some pretty good numbers on pretty bad teams prior to jumping on with the Boston Bruins. Last year, got off to a bit of a slow start, and I talked a lot about how that seemed 
kind of natural. You know, you're moving to a new city, a new team, new locker room, new system, new everything. It takes time to get set up with a new team and to get comfortable. And we're seeing that comfort really come out this season. He seems relaxed. He um, is composed in that. He's making some huge saves, putting up, you know, Tim Thomas-esque numbers for the Boston Bruins. And I mean, like the team as a whole, we're kind of seeing a a bit of a, a slowing down, a bit of a healthy expected regression. Uh, but he remains as solid in net as anybody and certainly is in the Vesna Trophy conversation, if not the favorite at the moment. And he's the guy I expect will start against the Stars after Jeremy Swayman uh, played well the other day against the Capitals, but did get the loss. Uh, he got off to a bit of a slow start, uh, had some injury early's issue, uh, sorry, injury issues early on, but uh he also has this unflappability that uh, really helps the team and gives them some confidence uh, to just go out and play their game and know that they're going to be well protected in the defensive zone. So uh, yeah, Jim Montgomery the other day said he is, or they are the best goalie tandem in the NHL. And it's hard to argue with that at the moment for sure. Absolutely. It's, it's hard to find many other duos being as efficient as they are and, and, I imagine a lot of hugs have been shared between them this season with how many wins mm. the Bruins have racked up. Yeah. But shifting attention to the, the the skater side of things, it's hard to talk about this Bruins season uh, without, uh, it's weird to say kind of the, the coming on of David Pasternak because I feel like mm-hmm. he's been a good player for a while, but it seems like he's really elevated his game this season. It's kind of been a, a trend across the league with a lot of these younger guys like, you know, Tage Thompson, Pasternak, mm-hmm. Jason Robertson, kind of you know, fully becoming superstars. While we're seeing some older guys start to slowly fade out of the league, even though you know guys like Ovechkin, Crosby still playing well, but yep. we're starting to see this new generation of superstars. And I, I think David Pasternak certainly fits that billing. I've seen him all over, you know, the the top five and the heart tr- heart trophy mm-hmm. voting, whether that's on Fanduel or you know, just about anyone has him in the list. One side of the question: What's it been like watching him this season take this step? And also, I'm sure this has been a hot topic of discussion on your show. When do you think the Bruins strike up a deal to to get him re-signed? Because I, I imagine that they're going to want to hold on to him for a while. Yeah, that's kind of the, uh, let's say, $88 million question at the moment is when they're going to get him signed. First of all, watching him evolve into an elite, I mean, not just elite. He's been elite. He's won a, a Richard Trophy in the past, but... Mm-hmm kind of that transcendent kind of superstar level he's hit this season. He's, you know, in the running with Connor McDavid for the league leading goals. He's top five in points. Uh, It's been really great to see him uh, come into his own, not just as the third member of the Bergeron Marchand line, but he's been playing largely on the second line with David Krejci, Pavel Zaka, sometimes Taylor Hall. Uh, So he's really become not just uh, I don't want to say he was a passenger before, but he's really an offensive driver. And anytime he's on the ice, like an Ovechkin who you mentioned before, once the puck's on his stick, truly anything can happen. And he um, has the benefit of having learned from some of these older guys on the team, how to play two-way hockey. He's still prone to the odd 
bad pass or ill-advised shot that's blocked goes the other way overpassing perhaps at times to try to get other people involved but um yeah just his evolution has put him in a position to become a very high paid player and it's something that Bruins fans are clamoring for they're waiting for uh it seems as though you know the Bruins have a track record of signing guys to probably lower than market value or definitely lower than market value. Look at Pasternak's current contract, Brad Marchand's current contract. Um, he rightly wants to get paid and he's going to kind of break the mold in terms of how the Bruins do business. They probably going to end up paying him more than they would have liked, but uh, that's just the business of hockey these days. You have star players, superstar players. You have to pay them in order to keep them. Uh, they can't just let him walk in free agency. So uh, I, th- I still think something will happen before the trade deadline so that they have a better idea of what they can do at the deadline and what kind of room they'll have next season. Uh, but, um, yeah, every passing day that it doesn't happen, is uh, it kind of uh, just fills you with a bit of – Let's just get this going. Like, what's the holdup? He's obviously good. Just, just kind of pay the guy. Certainly, and I think Stars fans can can relate to some degree. There was that situation similar with Jason Robertson this mm. offseason. So, uh, definitely some relatability there. And got a couple more questions for you. And you, you touched on his name a second ago, Jim Montgomery. His first season mm. as head coach. At one point, was the head coach of the Stars, and yep. uh, things came came to an unfortunate ending here. But it seems that he's back on his feet and doing very, very well for himself. I mean, how how have you seen this team? Has there been any adjustment or change with him at the helm as the coach? Has there been something you've noticed either culture-wise or, you know, the way they play the game? Has there been any noticeable differences? Because this team is is you know, mm-hmm. stayed relatively the same over the past few seasons with Bruce Cassidy as the coach. Yep. But have you seen any major changes with Montgomery at the helm? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly there have been some differences. Um, I've said this before, but... I, many, if not all Bruins fans disagreed with the decision to fire Bruce Cassidy in the first place. And it's really worked out. If anybody was well-suited to step in and take over this squad, it's clearly Jim Montgomery. He, he's given the guys a bit of a looser vibe. Uh, there's less kind of I think under Bruce Cassidy, there was, especially with the younger guys, kind of a a fear of making mistakes, very short ropes when it came to to that kind of thing. And there's just a bit of a looser vibe uh, with the younger guys and a trust in the older guys that they can kind of guide the room. He didn't have to come in and reinvent the wheel, just kind of um, fine-tune some things. And one big noticeable difference in terms of style of play for the Bruins is getting the defensemen more involved in the offense. Uh, Jim Montgomery has pushed on that since day one. He likes his defensemen to, um, to pinch responsibly, to be involved offensively, uh, to play with the puck, to create. And uh, we've seen that really pay off. We saw that really early on with Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy out he you know put himself on pace for a career year early on 
And uh, probably stylistically, that's that's one of the biggest contributions that uh, Jim Montgomery's made for sure. Yeah, it's obviously worked out very well for him and a lot of new coaches and new places this year in the NHL and a lot of them having some success and some of them not mm. so much. But I think both the Bruins and Stars have been the beneficiary of some excellent coaching yeah. from from guys in the position with those teams for the first year. But I'll, I'll go ahead and save my my next question for a little bit later. I think it relates better sure. to the game. But we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and say thank you to one of our sponsors today, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the NBA. All right, Dane, I think uh, where I want to start is with an old friend of the Boston Bruins, a guy who's always got some eyes on him when the Bruins and Stars play, uh, and that's Tyler Sagan. You know, uh, the Stars, they have this really impressive mix of veteran guys, younger superstars. This team was kind of built around Tyler Sagan. Jamie Benn uh, had some success going to the, to the final a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, but those guys definitely aren't the drivers anymore, I guess. Uh, what what would you say about the state of Tyler Sagan's game kind of at this point uh, in his career? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question because Tyler Sagan is a, a player in Dallas who is both beloved by the entire fan base, but also it can maybe face the most scrutiny because he – has one of the biggest contracts in the NHL and the past few seasons. I mean, he just either hasn't played. I mean, two seasons ago, he didn't really have time to recover after that Stanley cup run in the bubble. His pretty much his whole lower body was just not working. I mean, his hip, his knees, (laughs) uh, I think he only played two games that, that follow-up season. And then, you know, last year, I think there's still, he's still feeling some of the effects of the surgeries and recovery. So he certainly wasn't at his best. And, this season started off a little bit slow, but he's picked things up a little bit over, over the past month and a half, uh, 35 points in 54 games this season. But the interesting thing with Tyler Sagan is I think that he still has a lot to offer. The problem with the stars this season has been finding the, the adequate players to put around him because the mm. top line for the stars is, I mean, one, one of the best in the NHL with, mm. you know, Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski. And then Tyler Sagan has really just had a carousel of teammates being slotted in at the wing positions, whether it's been Mason Marchment, uh, who mm. came over from the Florida Panthers in the offseason. Uh, Roddick Foxa has come up uh, on and off to play center and let Tyler Sagan go out to the wing. And so I think the Stars at the trade deadline, as it gets closer, they're going to be looking to add some sort of forward depth, a, a top six mm. winger that can you know play alongside Tyler Sagan and elevate his game a little bit while also you know contributing some scoring outside of that Stars' top line. Because it, it's really you know, a tough situation of Sagan still being, you know, in his early thirties, still a lot left to offer, mm-hmm. but just hasn't really had the the right, you know, placement on the team. Cause there was a stretch 
right before the All-Star break where Rope Hintz was out. And so Sagan mm-hmm. slotted into that top line center spot and had some of the best games of his season alongside Pavelski mm-hmm. and Robertson. So right. I think that just goes to show that if he has the right talent around him, he, he still has plenty to to offer and plenty that he can do night in and night out. It's just right. a matter of finding those guys. Yeah, it's crazy to think that we're coming up on the the 10 year anniversary of that chase. Yes. It's, it's that's, that's crazy. Um speaking of stars stars, Jason Robertson. I mean, every time I look at his stat line, I'm just blown away by what this guy's able to do. I think he's got what like uh seven almost 70 points so far mm-hmm. this season mm-hmm. up there in terms of overall production goal scoring i mean i still don't i kind of think that he doesn't get enough attention or love that he should from the wider hockey community um explain kind of where he came from and do you think he's kind of overlooked or underappreciated kind of league-wide yeah I, I think there is a little bit of that and I, I think this season has certainly introduced him to a lot more people I mean making an all-star game appearance for the first time mm-hmm. being at one point I think the leader in goals scored this season before Connor McDavid decided that no one was <laughs> going to take that from him uh, I, I mean it, it's an incredible story I mean a guy who was taken in one of the more loaded draft classes for in recent stars memory I mean he was taken uh, it was Miro Haskinen and Jake Ottinger taken in the in round yeah, one, and then Robertson insane. was a second round pick in 2017. And wow. I mean, just this kid from from Southern California, just kind of coming out of nowhere a couple of seasons ago to be a Calder finalist alongside Kirill Kaprizov, and that that was kind of a, a soft opening, I think. But I, I think everyone knew Kaprizov was going to win that award throughout the yeah. majority of the season. And then last year, I mean, he in his sophomore campaign, he scores 41 goals, and and I feel like at that moment definitely like no i feel like no one outside of dallas was really talking about it that you know a kid who's 22 years old in his second year is scoring 40 goals and so i i, I can't imagine that he has too much of, of a chip on his shoulder for that reason i mean just seeing jason robertson interact with the media and interact with his team he's a, a pretty easygoing guy and i think he plays the way he does just because he simply loves the game but mm-hmm. it's it's been very very impressive to see what he's done especially given i mean i talked about his contract situation earlier he missed the entirety of training camp because they didn't get a deal done for him until after preseason after camp and so it's insane that he's put up 33 goals and 36 assists Mm -hmm. without you know really i'm sure he was preparing to some degree but not with the team he wasn't getting those live reps in preseason games and practices and he just comes in and picks up right where he left off from last season and i'm excited to see what he can do once you know the postseason rolls around because he was kind of kept quiet there but it was his first run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And so now with the year under his belt, yeah. I think, and just with the confidence he's gained this season, I think he can help be, be a huge reason why the Stars can go a few rounds deep, hopefully, this season. That 2017 draft, that's, that's insane. Like three home runs with your first three picks there. That's a, that's a nice little bit of work. I was just looking at their draft history. You go back to 2014. And they had one guy who played 87 career games in Julius Honka from the whole yep. draft class. <laughs> yep. And you get three guys in the top 40 who are, yeah, like to win. I've always said to win in the NHL, you need uh, elite goaltending, uh, you know, the franchise defenseman, 
And then ideally a franchise center or a franchise winger. Like you look back at 2011 for the Bruins, they had Tim Thomas, Zidane Chara, Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. uh, and the stars were able to get that in like three picks yeah. over the course of a couple <laughs> hours at the 2017 draft, uh, which is pretty crazy. And again, going back, I think that's a big reason why I can see them going pretty far this season. They have those young superstar players. They have your know, bands and Sagans who've been around the block a little bit more uh, in a pretty wide open Western conference uh, where I know, you know, locked on stars probably skew a bit favor them, but it's hard to see anybody save for maybe a healthy Colorado avalanche team stopping uh, Dallas, especially if they can pick up a forward at the, uh, the trade deadline. Uh, How optimistic are, are the stars and stars fans right now about this team's chances this year? I think everyone feels pretty good at this point in time. And you, mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head with Colorado. If you that's really the only team that truly scares me in terms yeah. of, you know, getting eliminated from the playoffs. I think a lot of other teams could make things difficult. I think the Winnipeg Jets have been a really good team yeah. this season. Uh, yep. Connor, I mean, you win playoff games with good goaltending and they have exactly, one of yeah. the best in the league. And e- even out in the Pacific division, I mean, the Kings don't have the goaltending, but they can score a ton of goals. Mm-hmm. Edmonton has two of the best players on the planet. I, I mean, there's other obstacles in the way but i mean i think this is kind of i don't want to say the year because i i think the stars have put themselves in a good position to be competitive for the next handful of seasons with you know robert you you mentioned you know you need the the goalie the defenseman and the center winger and the the stars are fortunate enough to have both yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean they just locked him up to to an eight-year deal in the middle Mm -hmm. of this season so yeah i mean the, the pieces are there and and I mean, to, to give even more credit to the, the Stars front office and the drafting, I mean, they have guys like Wyatt Johnston, who came yeah. from junior hockey last season, mm-hmm. dominated there, and he's got thir- or, well, let's see, 13 goals. That's right, 13 goals mm-hmm. this season, not too bad. Logan Stankoven's probably going to be on yeah, the team yeah, next yeah. season. M- maybe the next you know best player at the World Juniors a while back that wasn't named Connor Bedard. So yeah. they, they've put themselves in a nice spot. And so I think Stars fans overall are, are feeling very optimistic with, with this season. And and next season as well. I mean, Joe Pavelski mm-hmm. signed an extension for one more season this year. I, I don't think guys like him just decide to come back unless they think that there's a, a legitimate shot to, you know, go deep and, and make a run at a cup because he hasn't won one before. And I, you have to imagine, I mean, if he, if he retired today, I don't think anyone would blame him because he's yeah. like, what, 17 seasons. He's given it his all. I think he's made his case to, you know, for what is possibly a, a Hall of Fame type career. But he wants to stick around for at least one more season. So I think that yep. speaks a lot into the state of this team and, and where they're at in terms of this season and how far they can go, but also, you know, the next maybe three or four seasons. I, th- I think that this team can be very, very competitive and very good mm-hmm. in the West. Yeah, for sure. All right. Before we uh, wrap things up, talk a bit more about uh, this huge game between the Bruins and the Stars on Tuesday. A quick word about our next partner, which is Athletic Greens. Now, with one delicious scoop of their product, AG1, you can absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, basically everything. Now, 
Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover that cost him about $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. You can reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop of Athletic Greens and a cup of water every day. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And uh, on behalf of Dane, myself, we want to thank you all for making Locked On Stars, Locked On Bruins, part of your day every day. Uh, Both podcasts are free, available on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. So smash that subscribe button on both Locked On Stars, Locked On Bruins, never miss a thing with regards to either of these two teams and any NHL team out there, you can grab a a locked on podcast, your favorite team every day around the NHL. Yeah. And I mean, this is like we said earlier, one of the more exciting games of the week, two teams Mm -hmm. at the top of their respective conferences. And one, one I've been looking forward to for a while. We were talking about it before we recorded these teams mm-hmm. played back in like the first week of the season. Yeah. I, I personally don't remember a ton of what happened. I'm seeing here the final was 3-1. I think maybe yeah, that third Bruins, Bruins goal win. was an empty netter. So, I mean, it was a close game and seemed to be pretty competitive. And obviously now the Stars know that it's not. It's e- way easier said than done to to go into <laughs> TD Garden to, and, and pick up a win, especially yeah. in regulation. I think Seattle's the only team that's done it this season. And, and is that right? Is that still? Uh, is that Washington that actually just did it on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, so okay. they've lost two, two, two at home uh, in regulation this season. Which I mean, still that's pretty good. <laughs> at this point in the season. That that's definitely not too bad. Uh, yeah. Only eight regulation losses, five overtime losses for the Bruins, and things. It, I have some of the the numbers pulled up here on NHL.com, especially on the special teams. Things look really interesting. Both teams are in the top ten in both the categories: the power play and the kill. But both teams are top three in the penalty kill. The Bruins first and the mm-hmm. Stars third. What's been the key to the success in your eyes for the Bruins on the penalty kill this season? And, and how important do you think special teams will be in a game like this? Uh, well, first of all, on the, the power play front, the Bruins have really been struggling there, actually, lately. They're like 0 for 17 over their last stretch. And I've talked about this a, a little bit early on this week. Uh I think since January 1st, the penalty kill is ranked in the like 21st or 22nd. Uh, so that's taken a big hit. And that's partly due to Jake DeBrusque being out of the lineup uh, since the Winter Classic. And it looks like he won't be ready for this game. He's going to play Thursday in Nashville instead. So that's a bonus for Dallas. Uh, the Bruins could really use him on their second unit. When it comes to the penalty kill, uh, we talk about the 2020, 2010 NHL draft, Taylor versus Tyler. A little later down in the first round, Derek Forbort 
was selected, I believe, by the Kings. And he's become a kind of a, a legendary figure on Bruins Twitter for his famous dog Darla, but also for his propensity to block shots and his heavy lifting on the penalty kill. He's been, uh, if they had awards for penalty kill MVPs, he'd be up there for the Boston Bruins for sure. So he's he's been a beast out there for them. And uh, when he was out of the lineup earlier this season, their penalty kill took took a bit of a hit. So as long as he's in there and healthy, uh, the Bruins have a good chance. Not to mention having Patrice Bergeron and Brad Merchand out there killing penalties as well. They're kind of a dynamic duo there uh, who often create some pretty good chances going the other way, even when uh, down a man. So uh, that's been key for them uh, for sure on the penalty kill. Yeah, no, no doubt. And the, the more I look at this and the, the more I hear you talk about that, I'm and I think this game is going to be low scoring. It's evenly mm-hmm. matched on a lot of fronts, both teams, in top two and goals against per games played. So, I mean, I, this is to me, at least looks like it's going to be a game where the first goal is going to be pivotal. Cause mm-hmm. I, you, you mentioned, you think Olmark's going to get the start for the yeah. Bruins. I think Ottinger's going to get the start for yeah, Dallas. He, I was just uh, going to ask that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, one of the, the better goalie matchups we'll see on Tuesday night. And I, I mean, I think both of those guys are, they always come ready to play and, the, and their numbers mm-hmm. reflect that. But I mean, this is, I think gonna gonna be that game where the first team to strike I think builds a lot of momentum and probably a lot of hits and some physicality to to go yep. in as well. I, I'm sure, especially on on Tyler Sagan's side of things, a few yeah. guys on that team that he he still yep. I'm sure keeps up with and uh, definitely be know. some chirping at, at the very least for sure. No, yeah. no doubt. And, and I mean Tyler Sagan's always one to to chirp anyway, but especially with yeah. the, the the old squad in town yeah. for for sure. But uh, for, and. I can give you a name as well after this, but wanted to to ask earlier and thought it might be better now. Who's I mean, we know all the big names on the Bruins. Yeah, who's an under the radar kind of guy that Stars fans maybe should be on the lookout for that they might not be as familiar with. Uh, let's see. And in a game like this, um, I'm gonna pinpoint uh, a younger guy, Trent Frederick, who has uh, a pretty good ability to get under people's skin and to. Uh, drop the gloves at times, but he's actually under Jim Montgomery going back to what I was talking about earlier with Bruce Cassidy kind of um, riding the young guys uh, a bit hard. Uh, Trent Frederick is a guy who's really kind of blossomed under, under Jim Montgomery. He was a, a first round pick a few years ago, not known as a scorer, but he does have a career high 10 goals already this season career had 19 points. Uh, but also, not afraid at all to mix it up. Uh, so this is probably a game that is going to suit him well. Uh, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up with uh, a Gordie Howe hat trick uh, in this one. So he's a guy to keep an eye on outside of the bigger names. Uh, what about from the Stars perspective? Who, who's a guy the Bruins should Bruins fans should keep an eye out for? Yeah, well, I touched on Wyatt Johnson a little, a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I mean, I feel like I've said everything that needs to about him, just his arrival to the league from junior hockey he's done really well but i'll go ahead and talk about one of his line mates and ty delandria who mm, yeah seven goals 13 assists not the flashiest numbers but a guy who has taken huge steps in development this season playing with johnston and also uh, stars captain jamie Benn, who has a tendency to drop the gloves as well <laughs> yeah, but yeah. delandria's uh, i mean was a guy who was kind of on the the taxi squad a couple seasons ago the stars mm. were just 
riddled with, with injuries and you know shortcomings on the roster because everyone was banged up from that cup run and Delandria got called up and played some pretty substantial minutes and mm-hmm. played in quite a few games in a, at a time where he probably shouldn't have been, but given the circumstances, he had to. And then last season, he spends the entirety of the year in the AHL, and now he's really come on as a, a very consistent, very solid, you know, mid middle six NHL forward who you know can score goals on occasion, set up his teammates well, but also kind of brings a little bit of edge and physicality. I, I don't think he's quite the enforcer type yet. I don't think he's afraid to to you know get in a fight or drop gloves. But if there's someone making a hit along the boards with his line out there, it's either him or it's Jamie Benn. So I'll go ahead and say Ty Delandria number ten. But but that line in general, they they're typically the third line for the stars. They they've been pretty special to watch. Jamie Benn hasn't been phenomenal over the past few seasons, but he uh, he just crossed over into the twenty goal mark the other night for the first time in three or four seasons. So it's he's picking mm-hmm. up his game a little bit, and a big part of it is the two young guys alongside him. It's uh, crazy to think that he won the Art Ross Trophy with like eighty six yes. points or something. Yes, like what. What was happening in that in that era of hockey where yeah. someone could win the art like obviously pre McDavid pre Matthews insane, but Anyways. even then it was recent enough for I yeah. mean eighty six points today would be like twenty yeah. fifth in the league maybe like yeah <laughs> I know insane yeah like point Unreal. per game guys are just like like uh, they're handing them out like candy these days it's 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 incredible. Yeah, no doubt. But Ian, thanks for for doing this. I'm excited for mm. this game tonight. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe in a few months we'll be we'll be doing a crossover again for a, a preview. A, exactly. I, I was gonna let's, let's pencil that in right now. Let's yeah. Let's, let, let, let's uh, we'll both reach calendar. out to our teams and make sure that they're on the yeah, same yeah. page that they for need sure. to be playing in the finals for this to happen. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, uh, definitely. It, yeah, sounds like a plan to me. But thanks for doing this, Ian. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again sometime soon. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Dane.